If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy, and it's April. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake, because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Accept no substitute. Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lepschutz and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the walk a flock of flame to my Hillary Clinton, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. I'm also the Britney Spears to your Iggy Azalea as we'll be performing on this year's Billboard Music Awards. Hell yeah, we just announced it. Uh, we're taping this on Wednesday. April 22nd, it is official that Britney and Iggy will be taking the stage at the Billboard Music Awards of 2015 to perform their collaborative single, Pretty Girls. You know, I think this is the first time Britney has performed on TV since perhaps our own Billboard Music Awards in 2011. I think is maybe. That right? I think so. Did she perform on the X Factor when that that year she was on it? Maybe um. They, I think they just they just premiered Scream and Shout her video. They didn't actually have her perform. I don't think. Maybe. And well, um, there go. she didn't perform at all on TV for her last album, Britney Jean, because she was focused on her Vegas show. So, I think this might be the the first time in a very long time anyone will have seen Britney Spears perform on TV. Very exciting. Well, we are obviously honored. Tune in May seventeenth, and obviously we'll be doing a lot more stuff with the Billboard Music Awards. As it gets closer to that fantastic ceremony. Keith, yep. welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. And what a Pop Shop Podcast is going to be. You talked to Adam Lambert I earlier did. this week. I did. About his new single, Ghost Town. About his new album, The Original High. And I'm I'm excited to uh, to get Adam Lambert on the Pop Shop Podcast. I'm, I'm, a huge, uh, I'm a huge Adam Lambert fan. We've been trying for a minute to get him on. Are you a Glambert? Do you call yourself a Glambert? I would call, yeah, I, I would call myself a Glambert. I definitely would. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. You, you guys talked for a while. Uh, sadly, I was I was not in on the conversation, but I know you killed it. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited that w- that we have that today. Yeah, yeah. You 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 will hear it uh, not in complete full later, but we we talked for such a long time we had to trim it down a little bit. Um, but he's super chatty, super nice, super cool. Um, and yeah, he was candid and he was great to talk to. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to our chat later on. Well, there you go. Also, this week we're going to be going to be talking about Rihanna's new single on the Hot 100. The uh, See You Again and Uptown Funk battle at the top of the Hot 100. Some soon-to-be hits by Andy Grammer and Fifth Harmony and another one. And, you know, Ariana Grande and Big Sean's breakup. Very sad news. Uh, Keith, before we get started, a quick note to all listeners. Uh, subscribe to the, hot, to the Hot 100. You can subscribe to the Hot 100, too, if you want. I guess you could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you follow along, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. Subscribe to the Pop Shop Podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. We always do appreciate it. Thanks to those who have been leaving ratings and reviews in the past few weeks. And follow us on Twitter. Hit us up if you have any questions. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll? Si, senor. All right, man. We got to start with the Billboard 200 Albums chart. We talked about it a little bit last week, but Shawn Mendes' Handwritten is officially the number one album in the country Boom. Keith you wrote it about uh, you wrote about it a lot I wrote it about past. it I no, wrote man. it about it yeah here 
here's what I'll here before we get started. You're like, gonna work on your English for real, first. for real. Okay. I I am getting over a cold, so like All my right. head is my head's like eighty nine percent there. But if you hear me like coughing or running words together, I, I I've been a little bit sickly over the past week. So you know you can make you can make fun of you can make fun of me still. I'm just I'm just giving you an explanation as to why. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Sean Mendes number one on the hot, on the see exactly Jesus on the Christ. Billboard okay. 200. So yes, chart. Sean Mendes debuts at number one on the Billboard away. 200 chart. Struggling. I'm just going to take it away because you're going to start. You're, you're probably high on Nyquil. <laughs> um, handwritten debuts at number one. It moved 119,000 units in its first week. Of course, that again, that is album equivalent units. That is combining pure album sales along with streaming and digital track equivalent albums. Um, which is a pretty impressive number. And for those out there that think, oh, he's just this kid from Vine. There's no way he actually sold any albums. You know, he's it's probably all streaming, blah, blah, blah. Actually, of that figure, 106,000 were actually traditional album sales. So he had a, a pretty robust first week sales number, which... Yeah, that that's what stuck yeah. out to me as well, is is that a, a, such a high percentage of that album equivalent units was actual album sales, especially yeah. for... A you know an artist that no not many people knew of this time last year. Well, he doesn't he doesn't even have a radio hit. Like he has he's yeah. yet to even chart a single on any of our airplay charts. But as I point out in the story that's up online, he has a you know obviously a very robust presence in the social sphere. He's had a number of yeah. hits on our uh, Billboard and Twitter top tracks chart, which tracks the most. Uh, shared songs on Twitter, and he's also done well on our Social 50 chart, which ranks the most popular artists across social networks. So, you know, clearly he's very popular with a, a certain segment of the population, whereas airplay and radio stations are kind of still waiting for them, you know, to to, to find the hits. And the great thing is, uh, you know, this kind of proves that a, an artist can actually still move the needle, sell albums, and, you know, hit number one without necessarily the support of, of any, you know, significant huge amounts of airplay. Um, he does have some airplay support, just not a whole heck of a lot yet. Um, you know, and he'll, by the way, be opening for Taylor Swift this summer. So that's kind of a nice look. Um, so, yeah, yeah Sean Mendes is number one. And also the other fun fact about him this week hitting number one is that he's the youngest artist to be number one on the Billboard 200 in nearly five years because uh, uh, Sean is about 16 years and I think eight months old right now. And yeah. the last artist that was younger was uh, Justin Bieber, who was about a little over 16 years old when uh, My World 2.0 hit number one back in 2010. And what's interesting about Sean Mendez is that, you know, he's been on the podcast. Shout out to Sean Mendez, a, a friend of the Pop Shop podcast. But what's interesting about him is that he he kind of is in that Ed Sheeran mold where unlike Justin Bieber, he he's not making like dance pop music, and you know maybe that's the reason why he doesn't necessarily have a top forty hit right now. But people are really attracted to just the the image of him with a guitar playing songs that kind of sound like they could belong on an Ed Sheeran album. Some of them could sound honestly like they belong on a Sam Smith album. They kind of have that you know blue-eyed soul vibe and people are really are connecting i i I think the album's pretty good man i and and uh people are obviously connecting with it i think just in terms of sheer um you know um, demographic appeal and kind of the the modeling of of a pop star these days i think what you said is really interesting because you know you have uh, sean who you know on the surface kind of looks like a justin bieber um 
what was the name of the other kid that was like the baby Bieber that um, hasn't really caught fire yet? Uh, Maddie B? No, no. He had a song <laughs> with Pitbull like a year ago. Oh, Austin Mahone. Austin Mahone, my homie. Um, you know, he's he kind of looks like a, a sort of a Bieber Mahomey. Um, but he has kind of an Ed Sheeran kind of uh, sonic exactly. quality to him. So he's kind of getting the best of both worlds here where he, you know, can look like sort of like teen dream, you know, to, you know, the, that, that set. And at the same time, he has a, a certain kind of sonic quality that is very attractive as well. So you're kind of merging two different worlds into one sort of perfect pop package. And I think that's probably why he's very attractive to a lot of listeners and consumers and fans. Very cool. Shout out to Shawn Mendes. Congrats again on the number one album debut. So also debuting on the Billboard 200 albums chart this week. Uh, we talked about Reba McIntyre. who was Reba. great. <laughs> it was great at the ACM Awards on Sunday night. She played a, a, a really cool medley um, during the, definitely one of the highlights of did that. Did you watch the whole music. ACM Awards? I didn't actually see I, any of the ACMs, unfortunately. I did indeed, man. Yeah, I was, I was covering the show wow. and watched the whole thing. Good grief. Lots of... Uh, Lots of very cool performances. Nick Jonas was there, man, with Dan and Shay. Yeah, I, that was one of the performances that I think Billboard.com did not appreciate, if, if I'm correct in my... Uh, I know. Yeah. Our, our country recapper did not appreciate it, but I personally did. Nor did they like the Christina Aguilera collaboration with Rascal Flatts. I know. Well, what, what are you going to do? That's that's one person's opinion on Billboard.com. It's just merely one person's opinion. A very opinion. respectable opinion, but... You know, I, I I really enjoyed the Nick Jonas, Dan and Shay kind of mashup they did on Sunday night. I enjoy Nick All Jonas th- in general. Yeah. Hey, another friend of the Pop Show podcast. Um, also debuting on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Tyler, the creator's new album, Cherry Bomb. Although I wanted to point this out because I thought this was maybe a little bit underwhelming of a, of a debut. It's, a, it's another top 10 debut for Tyler, but falls short of of uh, what his last album Wolf did and I, I wanted to ask you if you think that maybe because it was more of a quote unquote surprise album release. Well surprise albums tend to do pretty well if you're you know someone named Drake or Beyonce. Yeah. Um, I don't know I, I think you know the element of surprise probably works on his behalf because a lot of his fans are more sort of socially engaged and, and perhaps may not be necessarily inclined to buy an album but um, and, and, and short attention span kind of scenario, I think, with, with his fan base. I could be completely off base here. But um, he doesn't have the support of, you know, airplay, really, or, or, you know, sort of like mainstream support. Like, you know, he's not going to be booked necessarily on a lot of like big award shows and like, you know, have those kind of big media looks. So he needs to uh, think of other creative ways that are alternative to reach the masses. And I think for him, this is probably still you know a pretty you know good first week also considering the album was only announced like less than a week before it actually came out yeah um so with very little setup he was able to have you know a pretty a pretty decent debut and also the physical version of the album barely was even out during release week because the digital album came out last monday and then the physical version i think was out by like maybe thursday or friday and really the bulk of its first week was all digital albums so I think there's a lot of things going against it. At the same time, you know, it's only the first week. Anything can happen going forward. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's interesting. I didn't know that about, about the, the physical digital split. Maybe if the physical was, you know, more readily available, that number changes a little bit. But then you would have had probably people leaking the album left and right, too, because then yeah. the physical would have had to have been manufactured ahead of time. And So many factors, So man. many factors, so many things. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so jumping over to the Hot 100, 
See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. And it is Charlie Puth. Puth, as he pointed out on Twitter. Puth. He did point out on Twitter. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. That is still number one for the second week in a row. Keith, is is this the end of... I, I know that last, last week we were talking about Uptown Funk, which was 14 weeks at number one. It got knocked out of the top of the Hot 100 by See You Again. See you again is still easily, it seems, at number one. Do you think that this it's uh, it's officially done? Like uh, unless something crazy happens, well, Uptown Funk is is well, is not going to see number one again. Uh, yeah, I I think just I'm I'm looking at the raw I'm looking at the raw chart points right now on the yeah. Hot 100 this week. Um, and it it appears that it, it it appears that See You Again will probably be number one again next week just based upon how many points it's ahead of Uptown Funk. Uptown Funk continues to lose points, and The weekend actually has a big game this week. The weekend's earned it, moves 6-3 to three on the Hot 100, has a big gain in points. I don't know if that was like a one-week fluke, but it had a big gain in streams. Maybe there was a viral video of some sort. I don't know right now. I should have researched that a little bit more closely. Um, I have a feeling that See You Again will be number one for another week, unless, of course something drops out of the sky as often does um so i think this could be it unfortunately for um it, it, people have noticed that a lot of songs spend 14 weeks at number one but can't get to that darn 15th week um like the yeah. list of songs with 14 weeks at number one is very large but nothing has been number one for 15 weeks i don't think <laughs> it's very it's very interesting yeah and then obviously you had one once Sweet we day with 16 yeah 16 the big kahuna Okay, so also on the Hot 100, I, I wanted to do a little Rihanna watch. Rihanna watch. Rihanna watch. So American Oxygen, her new song, debuts at number 90 on the Hot 100. 91. 91. I'm sorry. I was told 90 by uh, by your chart by your chart cohort. Well, we'll, we'll blame them. It's 91. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 91 for American Oxygen. Where is Bitch Better Have My Money this week? Um, it is. It goes twenty-one to seventeen. So it actually okay. Moves so up. it's still moving up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting. This this Rihanna rollout of what will presumably be her eighth album, although it's never been officially announced that all she's these just going to put out a bunch on. of singles at this point and say screw the album. It's it's interesting how this whole rollout has worked, and I guess we are finally starting to see "Bitch Better Have My Money," which debuted at number nineteen, I believe, on the Hot 100 a few weeks ago, has has hung around in the in the twenties and now is back to number seventeen. Um, that you know, it might it might be finally connecting. How is it looking at radio, man? Um, well, it's it's doing. Well, it's doing okay. It's up eleven percent um, in in radio points on the Hot 100, so it's it's okay. it's it's still rising. I, I'm just still, I still find it fascinating what they're doing with Rihanna this year. Where, it, you know, it appears there's an album coming, and between four or five seconds, "Bitch Better Have My Money," "American Oxygen," and then the songs from that animated movie that she had home. Where there were like three or four, perhaps Rihanna songs. I'm like, I was talking about that song yesterday, "Towards the Sun." I really like that song. There's a whole bunch of Rihanna stuff that's out, and you know she's doing lots of media looks. She's on the cover of, uh, I want to say like V, v or Vogue, magazine, v, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. with a blonde wig, looking very sort of mid '90s rapstress. Um, I'm just, I'm just Love fascinated it. by what they're thinking. Like, what, what is their game plan here? Are they waiting for a song to catch fire? 
to like you know just blow the roof off and then they'll come under off the heels of that with the album or are they just trying like a whole new scheme of like let's just try a bunch of singles and like put them all out and then eventually maybe we'll do an album like you know maybe yeah and yeah and she put out a new song earlier this week for 420 james joint <laughs> although i don't think that's going to be like a like a hot 100 hit but it you know it's it's interesting because you have this song american oxygen now that most closely resembles, I would say, her last number one single, Diamonds. And meanwhile, you had Four or Five Seconds, which was a, a top five hit, totally offbeat for her, uh, an, like an acoustic folk pop song with Kanye West and Paul McCartney. You have Bitch Better Have My Money, which is like a trap song. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these songs grow. Four or Five Seconds is already kind of, uh, it seems like that's already kind of had its run. But in terms of American Oxygen, Bitch Better Have My Money, and maybe something else coming down the pipeline, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these songs. I think what's also interesting, then I'll shut up about Rihanna, is that this is her first album as just a Rock Nation artist, um, as opposed to being a Def Jam artist. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, she's completed her deal with Def Jam, and now all of her future music is just on rock nation, which is still distributed through universal music and et cetera. But she probably doesn't have to necessarily follow someone else's plan. Like, you know, if there's, if there's like some label chief or someone that says, we want to do this and we're going to release this. Now she's like, you know, I'm with rock nation and we can do what we want to do with rock nation. You know, maybe that's playing into it as well with, with, you know, how she doesn't have to necessarily do what a label wants her to do. And you see that often when artists become so dominant in their craft that they have this sort of power where they can dictate the nature and the presence of their album rollout. I mean, you see that with Kanye West, who, you know, started what? Uh, again, he hasn't really renou- uh, announced when So Help Me God, his next album is going to be released, but you can see it with uh, Only One with Paul McCartney, which wasn't exactly like a radio friendly song. But it was a very touching song. You have all day now being worked, and yeah, it's 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 interesting when artists get to that point where they can basically call the shots and that was a loud know. reference. Exactly. So, keep. We've uh, we've covered the Hot 100. Let's let's talk about a couple songs on the Hot 100. They're not in the top 20 yet. They're not in the top 10 yet, but they could be headed there in no time. This is a segment we like to call "Soon to Be Hits." What do we have with soon-to-be hits this week? Uh, well, we have lots of soon-to-be hits. We sure do. We do. We've got three. All right. Would you like me to go first? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about Andy Grammer, who All I know right. is one of your favorite artists. Absolutely. Um, he's actually been sort of... Um, I'm being sarcastic. Um, he's been kind of bumming around a little bit like for the past few years on our charts, but he's never really had like a true hit single. Um, he had a song called Honey, I'm Good, which um, is, is, is sorry, I apologize. <laughs> That's the song that is doing well. I got confused. He had another song a couple years ago that did okay, but didn't set the world on fire. But Honey, I'm Good is his current single, which is doing actually quite well. It's doing quite well in sales. It is selling over 50,000 downloads every single week. And the, the video, if you've seen the video is kind of like this cool relationship viral thing where they have uh, a bunch of couples that have recorded themselves with uh, like signs in front of them that says like, you know, a year, six months, three weeks, you know, 70 years about how long they've been together as a couple. And they're all lip syncing the song. And 
it's a cute video. The song itself is super catchy. It kind of reminds me of um, like Bare Naked Ladies One Week, where it has this sort yes. of like rat a tat tat, nasally kind of like mid 90s quirky pop hit kind of vibe. Um, I think it's a cute song, and I can see why people think it's cute, and I can see why people probably will enjoy buying it and watching it because of the sentiment of the thing. Because the whole idea is like, honey, I'm good. You know, I could probably try to find someone else, but I'm good with you, and I like you. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with you. Yeah. And as someone who's about to get married, Jason, I think you can you can appreciate that sentiment, can't you? Uh, exactly. I am good, indeed. You're good. <laughs> um, where did you mention where it is on the Hot 100? Oh, it actually goes do, 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 thirty four to thirty one on the Billboard Hot 100. Right. It is it is his biggest hit yet on the Hot 100. By the way, all right, a top forty hit for I mean, Andy good. Grammer. Another soon to be hit this week is by Fifth Harmony, featuring Kid Ink. Your favorite. Worth it. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm definitely a fan of Fifth Harmony. Worth It moves 39 to 34. And it, it, it's interesting because over the past year or year and a half or so, we've seen Fifth Harmony, this this girl group formed um, or made famous on the U.S. version of The X Factor, really acquire this massive online fan base and, you know, put out some really great stuff and, and you know, get some critical acclaim. We're still searching their- desperately for a hit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, basically. and they've they've kind of had everything except that breakthrough radio hit, Boss, Sledgehammer. They were all, um, you know, they they all kind of were near the top forty. Sledgehammer actually peaked at number forty on the Hot One Hundred, but Worth It is is actually the the latest single from their debut album, Reflection, and it keeps moving up. It's it's a really catchy song. It's it's kind of a different look for them. And it is at number 34. I, I think this could keep moving up and up, especially given the fact that they have such a crazy devoted fan base who want to see them finally crack radio. Crazy so, devoted uh, fan bases often do not translate to actual hits. We can see that with, with a lot of acts. But I think, you know, if if, if, the, if it's a hit and a hit's a hit and it sounds good, then radio's going to play it. Well, yeah, I, I what I mean by that is that I, I'm saying that having a crazy devoted fan base doesn't hurt when you have this, this hit single... Maybe it, it, if it was by a, a group by you know with a less devoted fan base, you know maybe it, it notches a, a little bit less of an impact. But they're going to keep pushing and pushing this song, and um, yeah, radio seems to be picking up on it. Right. So worth it. Number thirty four on the Hot One Hundred. Our third, our third soon to be hit is is kind of already a hit on country radio, uh, but it's getting a much bigger look now um, outside of country radio thanks to sort of um, quasi-controversy. It's called Girl Crush by the country group Little Big Town. They performed it on the ACM Awards this week. The, the track sold over 90,000 downloads. It has the, the biggest sales week for any country song in 2015. Um, and there's a bit of controversy, or so-called controversy, over the subject matter of the song because the song is sung by a female vocalist in the group, and the song is called Girl Crush, and she's saying effectively that she has a girl crush on a woman, but that woman is basically someone that she's jealous of. Uh, so if you listen to the song, um, you, you have to actually listen to it. She's basically uh, jealous of this woman who is so alluring and so uh, charming. She's able to, uh, what it appears to be, get her man. So, like, her man has sort of been effectively stolen, or the man that she wants, she can't get because of this other woman who's, like, so beautiful and so charming. Like, she can get whatever she wants, and that's why she has a girl crush on her. But she doesn't actually have, like, a real crush, like a crush in that normal, like, I, 
I would like you to be my girlfriend kind of way. She's just sort of, <laughs> it's sort of like a weird turn of phrase to say that you're jealous of someone. Um, and there was a bit of controversy a couple of weeks ago, allegedly, where uh, like a, a country radio programmer said that they didn't want to play the song because they were getting complaints about it from listeners saying that it was like furthering the homosexual agenda. Clearly, no one's listening to the song. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's doing just fine on country radio. It's actually top 20 on our country airplay chart. And this week on the Billboard Hot 100, do, 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 as I stall, it actually jumps 56 to 25, um, thanks in part to that huge sales bump it got from the ACM Awards performance uh, this past Sunday. So, yeah, uh, Little Big Town seems to have a little bit of a hit right now with Girl Crush. Well, there you go, man. Those were three entries in this week's edition of Soon to Be Hits. All right, man, before we get to Adam Lambert and your interview with him. I know. Uh, a quick note about Ariana Grande and Big Sean. Oh. Uh, they've broken they had to up. Break it, free. It was they had to break free. Um, after it, it seemed like they were together for longer. I, I guess it was. Re- I think they were I, together I, for a while, but it was never really official until kind of until recently. like October. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's October is when they confirmed it. But it seemed like they were together for a longer time. It maybe was rumored. Uh, we saw them walk the Grammys red carpet um, together. Very sad day, sad day, man. But what I I, I wrote about this um, on Billboard.com earlier this week that I I want to see Ariana Grande release just an absolutely mesmerizing breakup album. Like that's I th- that's what I feel like should be her next move after that because my everything her album last year was a little bit all over the place. Not a, not in a bad way, but she was just trying a bunch of different stuff. There was a song with Cashmere Cat, song with ASAP Ferg. There was dance pop. There was straight up dance music. There were ballads, and I, I just want her. I feel like it's her time. It's it's time for an Ariana Grande breakup album. Like oh. I, I want. I, I wrote this that I want to hear her version of Twenty One. I I, I want to hear, like she has the voice to to put out a song like Someone Like You, and just make it a powerhouse. So I'm I'm ready for that. Do you have any thoughts on this? Do uh um uh. No, um, right. and I—I I mean, I—I I don't know. It's like kind of weird and morbid to be like. I hope she does a breakup album now. I'm like, I don't know. I'm I don't sure. think it's morbid. I mean, I—I I, I I mean, I don't mean like. I it's just like it's like I don't know. It seems. I don't know. Um, I don't think she's probably thinking about. Yeah, let's make a breakup album. I think she's probably just like I just broke up and I loved him and whatever. I mean, I don't know. Their personal lives aren't really art for us to really sort of get too deep into, and we wish them both the best. I totally agree with you, and I'm, but I'm not talking about their personal lives. I'm talking about her artistic life. I, I want to see, I, I want to hear the, you know, unbreak my heart of Ariana Grande because that's what I feel like she hasn't done yet. I, I feel like she hasn't put out that sort of, you know, roof rattling ballad yet and that's what i want to uh, more than anything that's what i want to hear you you so. feel that this is this is the spark that could present her with a big exactly. sort of tony braxton celine dion like adele type ballad moment exactly and we and and to to clarify we at the pop shop podcast are never rooting for heartache that that's never our goal but i'm just saying in terms of the circumstances as they may be right now you know and i hope ariana and, and, and big sean are, are doing well um but I, I just think that, you know, th- maybe this is the right time to, to really make this turn in her career. I think that's it, it's the perfect turn for her. 
Hmm. Okay. Food for thought. Food for thought for you, Keith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's get to your Adam Lambert interview. As I mentioned, uh, Adam Lambert is about to release his third album, The Original High, comes out on June 16th. And Ghost Town, his new single, dropped this week. Uh, Keith, uh, did you did you guys have fun? Was it a fun fun chat? Yeah, yeah, he he was great. I'd never actually um, met him before, um, and so he was lovely. And uh, he had a, a really lovely hair color, uh, by the way. Um, and uh, that sounds stupid, but he did um, good hair. And uh, but no, he was great to well talk done. to. We talked for a good long time. Um, he was funny and chatty. And we talked about his new single, Ghost Town, produced by Max Martin. Talked about the production of his new album, which was mostly, seemed like the bulk of it, the bulk of the production was done in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, we talked about his departure from his previous record label, RCA, over creative differences, a.k.a. they wanted him to do a covers album. So we talked about that. And I talked to him about um, what it's like having a song with the same title as Madonna uh, called Ghost Town. Um, so we talked about all that and more in our interview uh, with Adam Lambert. Very cool. And here is Adam Lambert on the Pop Shop Podcast. My heart is a ghost town. So welcome, Adam Lambert, to the Pop Shop Podcast. Woohoo! Yay! Here we are. I, I haven't actually, I don't think I've actually met you before. Not even not like on, officially. Not officially. I don't officially. think so either. You follow me on Twitter. Yes, and I've like, I know, like, you, when you introduce yourself, I'm like, yes, I know your name, because I've read things you've written. Lots of chart stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when your last album debuted at number one, I was the one at Billboard that wrote that story. Well, thank you for writing it. I've, I've <laughs> Ever since Idol, I've been the guy writing, Adam Lambert debuts at number blah, 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 blah. Yay. I'm that guy. But today's, <laughs> who cares about me? Today's an exciting day, because your brand new single, Ghost Town, came out. Yes. It's got to be like, what does it feel like right now to like? I just heard birth? it on the radio, like being played actually live on the spot. It was, it. I feel like finally, you know, it's been, been working on this album for over a year. Yeah, and and you know, most of the music has been pretty much done since late fall, so I've just been waiting, and I'm not the most patient person in the world. I've so heard. Yeah. I've been like tapping my foot and fingers. Dying and, to tweet something. Just oh a teaser. yeah, you know, and I've had to learn the hard way that you like, you know. Mystery is our friend, you know? It is. There's, yeah. it's, it, there's it's part of show business. Something to be said for yeah. the anticipation and the mystery yeah. and the allure and the tease. And I thought what you've done with the, the teasers for Ghost Town over the past few weeks have been really effective. Cool. You know, start out with just a little bit, and then you work your way to the whistle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was like a couple ingredients in the song that we kind of figured were key. And so it was, uh, how do we first introduce this, the 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 hooks in this thing right. to people. Now, the the song is produced, is it solely produced by Max Martin or is it Max Martin and Friends? Well, he, thing? you know, Max and Shellback um, are the two guys that kind of oversaw the entire album. They decided to produce the album. Yeah, the whole thing. And this track was produced by Max and he's got some other writers and, and, and programmers and engineers on board. Okay. So it's, it's a, the thing that I love about Max is that it's not about his ego and, oh, it's all about me. It's, his goal is let's make a great song. Mm-hmm. And so it's, he doesn't, he doesn't care, you know, how many people are involved to make it a great song. It needs, just needs to be a great song. Right. That's, that's why we get along so well. One of the reasons is that he's, he's so down to earth. So cool. When, um, and, and the whole album, which is called the original high and it comes out on June 16th on Warner brothers records. 
plug. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Um, which you didn't even, that wasn't even announced, until, I think, until this morning. Um, I don't think the release date The release was date, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, he and Shellback executive produced the entire album. Did they have a hand in writing all of the tracks as well, like him and his team? Or It's a mix of, it's okay. track by track, it was a different thing. Like, you know, certain tracks, uh, you know, they would get a written track that we had worked on, and there was a demo, and then Max or Shellback would listen to it and kind of make some suggestions to make it better. Mm-hmm. There was a couple tracks that followed that kind of format, and then there were others where they were in from the ground floor. Wow. Um, so they also have assembled an amazing team of writers and beat makers, and it's 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 a really good time for them. They're, they just kind of started their own – it's not necessarily their own label, but it's their own kind of production company mm-hmm. called MXM. And they have a lot of very talented people as part of that. I wish I I wish I could sing better than I can, <laughs> because my goodness, it would be so amazing just to say that like I got to work with Max Martin. Like it's got to be an incredible thing to say that like I worked on a single or an album with Max yeah. Martin, and to have the entire album produced or you know executive produced by him and his team has got to be yeah. I mean, he won thing. producer of the year this year too, right? well, and he had Grammys, never you know? he had never won a single Grammy award until this year. It's crazy, which is nuts. It's crazy. It's the timing is an interesting animal. It's really interesting. I've learned both sides of that. I've yeah. learned that it can be your best friend, and I've learned that it can betray you. So, mm-hmm. timing's everything, and I feel like everything's lined up for him right now and his company, and and I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And this and this album came. I mean, it, it, we all, we know the, the story, basically. You you parted ways with RCA yeah. in 2013 um, over, uh, the quote is, creative differences. Um, but you explained that you said that RCA was interested in you making a covers album, yeah. like an 80s covers album. Yeah, and creatively, that didn't do it You're for like, me. So it was I'm not literally, feeling that. Yeah, we were different creative, you know, persuasions at that point. And it's no hard feelings. You know, they, they're a lot of great people over there, and they worked really hard for me. And we, you know, we gave it. Are are all and and for your entertainment had two big singles off of it mm-hmm. and um, trespassing was a great album. I really feel really good about it. You know, I it was a learning number process one for album. me. It's a number one album and and it was a learning process for me because I executive produced it. So that was kind of trial by fire in a way, but um, I got to work with amazing people. Yeah, and I got to experiment a lot with the sounds that were on it, and you know, I I, I stand by it. I stand by the sound of that album. I like it. Did you ever, forgive me? Did you ever consider the idea of doing a covers album and just say, all right? Fine, oh, believe me, when they when we talked about it, I, I I definitely thought it over. It wasn't a snap decision. Right. I didn't say like nah. You know, I I thought about it. I you know, and I dug into some music and I listened to some eighties. Like maybe if we do this the right way. Yeah, I thought about work. it. I was like trying to listen to music, and you know, the more I thought about it, I realized that there are definitely a handful of amazing songs from the eighties that I love. Yeah. But I was never really an eighties music lover i I, i'm more 70s and 90s actually so well there you go (laughs) and and at the time you said that you were already writing material yeah i started did any of that material that you were working on back then basically almost two years ago um did any of that eventually make it to the new album the title track the original high oh wow was actually a demo that i started before i i i signed on to to create this thing with max and shellback um i met a producer named accident and recorded a demo called The Original High. And it sounded a bit different, the first incarnation of it, but that was the song that I got the most excited about because lyrically, I really loved what it says. 
and the vibe of it was cool and it was a different sound for me and when I brought that demo in and showed it to Max and Shellback that was kind of the thing that that inspired them to want to do this whole project right it was totally unexpected and you're talking about ghost town yes yes yeah. ghost town and it wasn't just the whistle but it was like it had like this kind of vaguely throwbacky kind of housey mm-hmm. vibe but it was still very contemporary it yeah. still sounded very modern yeah um what was going through your guys's heads when you were thinking about like the sound of the song was there a particular mission with a particular song or was you it know, just like the, the funny thing is is that the 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 top line the the melody and the words were written to a different track hmm. it, the the instrumental sounded very different when we started uh and it was a little bit more it wasn't as minimal it wasn't as dark it was more up and we did it and we heard we all sat down and listened to the demo when it was kind of cleaned up and edited and Everybody agreed that the vocal was great, which was nice to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I, you know, I loved singing this song. I love the lyrics. I love the meaning of it. I love the the melody. Um, I love the intimacy of it. Mm-hmm. I love how close up it feels. Um, but we weren't that excited about the instrumental. It was kind of like, yeah, I've kind of heard this before. What else can we do? And I, I was sitting and talking to Max about the different colors that we had on the album because by that point we already had about six-ish songs done Mm -hmm. when we were getting to this one. And I said, you know, I'd really like to do more of what I've been hearing since I've been in the UK and Europe, which is this house revival. Yeah. This kind of the, 90s. The Kaiser type yeah, stuff. The yeah, she's kind of tapping on it. Gorgon City's tapping yeah. on it. Disclosure. There's all these these UK-based, I mean, Kaiser actually is Canadian, but a yeah. lot of the stuff coming out of there right now is is kind of nodding to the 90s house thing. and. I said to Max, I'm like, let's go there. And he was like, okay. Yeah, okay. He's like, oh, you like that? And I'm like, I love that. I it's love like, that. Let me press a button right now. Yeah. And and it was good too because it that stuff is it reminds me of when I first discovered pop music and dance music in the nineties when I was a kid. I mean, I remember hearing like CNC Music Factory and Crystal Waters and um CC Peniston. CC Peniston yeah. and uh, t- uh what is it, Two Unlimited? Remember them? Dun, 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 the tribal dun, dun. dance. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. ready for this? Yes. Yeah, Twilight Zone. Yeah, yes, yeah. We're, we're taking it way back. But I remember, taking like, it back to 1994. Maybe. That was like those were the because I didn't really listen to a lot of the music in the 80s. I was kind of young, and I was listening to a lot of the stuff my parents were listening to at that point because it was around the house. So when I first discovered what was playing out in the world, it was in the 90s. I read that you stayed in Stockholm for two months. Yeah. To, to now that, that that was to sort of record the whole album from, from mostly from start to finish or did you sort of do, no, do a little bit of other like, places the first month was was kind of like okay let's just experiment and see where our sensibilities are sonically like you know and getting to know the other writers that were involved right. and starting ideas and then either continuing them or canning them and then okay let's try this so hey this person has an idea it was very free um, and I worked with a group of guys called the Wolf Cousins that are kind of part of Max's um, umbrella company. His, his family. His of, fold. Yeah. Um, it's a very large Max Martin Swedish family. Yeah. And it was, it, this was, they have a studio that's like underground. Like literally they're called the Wolf Cousins. I thought I, I was like, well, we're in a wolf's den. It's great. I love it. And they were great. All these guys were really cool and young and, and hip and they had a lot of good ideas. And, and so that was like the first month. Second month there, we were just trying to figure out which songs from those sessions we wanted to continue chasing, and we 
worked on them some more. Hmm. Probably got about maybe a little under half the material that's on the album started in those sessions. What was it like being in Stockholm for like two months? It was interesting. You know, I, I, I really liked traveling and uh, I, I think when that came up, I was definitely ready to get out of town for a little while. Because you live in Los Angeles? Yeah, I live here in yeah. LA. I've been here, I've been here for almost 14 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up in San Diego, but I moved here right after high school. Things I should know, but I just didn't remember off the top of my head. I'm like, oh wait, that's right. You were you were in um you were in the Pantages before you did Idol, right? Yeah. You, you were in a show. I was in Wicked. Yeah. You were were you Fiero? I was the understudy. You were the understudy. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. So you live here, and then you we went to Stockholm, and you like traveling, and I cut you off. And uh, it was very cold there. It was cold. <laughs> I was there in. February, so it was cold. And there wasn't a lot of sun. Do people speak a lot of English there? They do actually. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, I really didn't know that much about Swedish culture, and I I was very impressed because they are so liberal and open, and it's a very much like a live and let live type society. Like, there no one people like mind their own business. They're like, what do you want to do? We yeah. don't care. Who are we to judge? It's a it's a good attitude towards other people. We gave you Abba and Roxette. Yeah, Fine. get into it. Um, uh, yeah, and and. It's very clean, and the food was tasty, and everybody was very sweet. Um, it was interesting, though, because I didn't have a social scene there. So I'm going into the studio to work from, you know, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And, and then what do you do? Then what do I do? So Were you there by yourself, or did you have like, I was a there friend? by myself. I, you know, it was kind of just the way to do it. And it was, it was a good experience because, it, like I said, it got me out of my scene here and kind of forced me into a, a slightly more isolated kind of space, which it was good. I wrote down things. I had time to read. And, and of course, I communicated with everybody all the time. But it mm -hmm. gave me some space to kind of think about what I wanted to say on the album. Did, so that informed, do you think, that the experience of staying there kind of informed the album? It gave me some focus and some meditation and some reflection, I guess is the word, not meditation. But, it, you know, I, I looked back on kind of things over the past couple of years and started trying to look forward and... It was interesting. It was an interesting place to be. Did you ever think for a second, wait, my song is called Ghost Town and so is Madonna's? Oh, believe me, I thought about that for more than a second. <laughs> I, um, when I found that out, I was, uh, the song had already been, my song was already finished. Um, it had already been mixed. I had already kind of said, hey, I think this is the first single. And people were like, yeah, I think it is too. And I'm on my laptop on a little four-day vacation in Mexico. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sitting down in the hammock with my margarita and I want some, you know, cool reggae music to listen to. And I'm opening up my iTunes and I'm searching through. And then I'm like, oh, new music. Who came up with new music? Oh, Madonna's music is out. I love Madonna. You do love Madonna. I always love Madonna. Yeah. She's an icon. She's an amazing entertainer. And I see on the track listing a song called Ghost Town. And I thought, what are the chances? What the hell is going on here? And I kind of just... <laughs> My reaction was so complicated because I, I I think I texted my management and I'm like, did you see this? Did you see this? What are we going to do? And they said, you know, it's fine because the songs are so different. Yeah. You know, hers is like a like a post-apocalyptic love song, mid-tempo. And mine's like an existential dance goth rave thing so i mean like I, you know they're two different songs two different they songs. just share a title and and they're kind of spelled slightly differently yours has it's ghost town two words and hers is one word ghost town all run together yeah so and very very different and hers is literal and mine's metaphorical and you know it's like her video has terrence howard 
yours mine doesn't may not no but I have so a we know named Terrence Scoop. in the video so Scoop yeah Terrence Howard is not in Adam <laughs> Lambert's video for Ghost Town sorry Empire fan um is there anything else that you want to tell me before I release you back into the promotional wilds I release you um it's been really nice talking to you it's been and getting to meet you in person yes <laughs> and thanks for all those nice things you've said about my stuff in the past y- yes whether you meant them or not I I <laughs> I don't know why he would think that. I, I don't. I'm just teasing. Okay, um, no, I, I appreciate it. And Yay. I can't wait for people to hear the album. I can't wait. I, I, think, I think the beauty of this album is that more than ever, we've figured out how to put something for everybody on it, which is really cool. Um, and still keep it very much And still you. keep it me, 100% me, yeah. and keep it vocally driven, but um, go into some new territory as well. It's good. It's good. Thanks again to Adam Lambert for taking the time to stop by the Pop Shop Podcast. And once again, the original high is out June 16th. That was a cool chat, man. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, re- I'm happy that we got Adam Lambert on the Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you, Adam. We also have a, we have a cool guest next week. We, we actually taped it on the same day. Very fun chat yesterday with Nathan Sykes, formerly of The Wanted. Talked about his new solo album that will be on next week's Pop Shop Podcast. So. You know, two, subscribe. Two, two fine young pop stars with big, amazing voices. Both of them have Absolutely. great voices. Yeah. And you know what? Just in case you're worried about missing that episode, just subscribe to us just on subscribe. iTunes. You'll never miss one. You'll never. Why, you, why would you not do it? I don't, I don't understand. Just subscribe. Anyway, we got to get to it, man. It is time for your Charts Out of the Week. <laughs> Okay, so this week in 1983, an English pop group with a love of overalls halted the king of pop from having back-to-back number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Dexie's Midnight Runners' Come On Eileen topped the Billboard Hot 100, dated April 23rd, 1983, for just one single solitary week, bumping Michael Jackson's Billie Jean from the top slot, and then the very next week... Jackson's Beat It ascended to number one. Uh, the week Come On Eileen hit number one, Billie Jean actually fell to number five, while Beat It breathed down Eileen's neck, hey, rising five to two. Come On Eileen was the only top 40 hit for the group, which charted just one more entry on the Hot 100 with the song called The Celtic Soul Brothers, which reached number 86. While the group only had a brief moment in the spotlight in America, Back in their English homeland, they racked up many more hits, a total of nine top 40 singles on the official UK singles chart, including two number ones, yes, one of which was Come On Eileen. So there you have it. This week in 1983, Dexie's Midnight Runners halted the King of Pop's reign at number one with Come On Eileen. Love that song, man. Who who doesn't love Come On Eileen? Come Come on, Eileen. Oh, I've been at this moment. You mean everything. I don't know what I'm doing there, but it it sounds kind of like it. Thank you, Keith, for your Charts Out of the Week. All right, man, we will be back next week on the Pop Shop Podcast, like I said, with Nathan Sykes, formerly of The Wanted. Thanks again to Adam Lambert for stopping by the show this week. And, uh, yeah, man, do you have any parting words? I do not. All right, let's go out on uh, one of my favorite Adam Lambert songs. This is Trespassing, the title track from his last album of the same name. Thanks for listening and take care. No trespassing, that's what he said. At least that's what I can read. No trespassing, yeah, my ass waiting at a load of me. 
If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy, and it's April. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake, because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty cake, except no substitutes.